Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Shaver, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. And we're here to tell you fall camp is over. It is dead. We have moved on. The football season is about to begin. Brunts is making a concerned face. We'll start with him. You have you have concern over that? I was just – I was going through my uh, – as we're recording this, the alliance is just being announced. And I was trying to think in my head of some – some of my favorite alliances that have been formed. wrestling factions basically yeah and i was You're looking up the mega powers i was obviously the nwo was an obvious one but i was looking at uh you know there, there's that like gif of, that's kind of the awkward handshake between uh hulk hogan and macho man randy savage yeah that's essentially how i was imagining imagining it going well that obviously leads to which commissioner is who in that Who's Miss Elizabeth? Who's Macho Man? And who's Hulk Hogan? Uh, I don't know. Is Kevin Warren Miss Elizabeth? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't really have any strong feelings about either the Pac-12's commissioner or uh, the ACC's commissioner. Who yeah, I have no. I have no opinion on either, and I couldn't pick out either out of a lineup. So. Jim Phillips is formerly uh, Northwestern's AD. That's that's the extent yeah. of my. But I mean, he would just look like generic old guy with hair. So, I mean, right? I think I did that one time. I had a bit where I, I believe it was when Nebraska was looking for an athletic director, and I many times in your your coverage. The, the many times, yes. I, I went and found a stock photo of a upper management person and started tweeting out whether or not those guys were real athletic director possibilities or not. It's all the same. Uh, now that we have, uh, do you, do you have other thoughts on the Alliance? Should do you, do you want to talk about that? Well, there, there's no contract. They have, they have not agreed on any kind of scheduling thing. And it, it feels very much like when you're sitting around with your buddies and we're like, you're trying to plan the weekend, but you're really non-committal about what you're actually going to do. Um, that that's kind of what the alliance feels like. Yeah, it feels like someone threw out the idea for a road trip, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that's interesting," but then no one wants to actually look up and book the hotel or all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it you it feels like you're just going to drive until you get tired, and then you're going to get a hotel there. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe they'll get tired and. Uh... Louisville or in Pullman, Washington, Utah, Blacksburg, all those locations. Those are possibilities for future road trips. The sun is never going to set on the Alliance. It's like the old British Empire. Wow. Look at that. BC, you've been very quiet. Do you have thoughts on the Alliance? Uh, not not a lot of thoughts, no. Um, it, it, I mean, I, I don't – I'm so stuck, and this, will, this could segue, I guess. I'm like so like – in a Nebraska situation at this point that I, I don't have a good feel for it, all this other noise. I don't have enough room in this little brain for like Alliance talk and like kind of figuring out, you know, Nebraska, Illinois. I have to, I have, I'm a one tr track guy, you know. Trev's making videos. So it's a big deal for Nebraska is my understanding. Yeah. I saw the video. Yeah. Um, I still haven't gotten used to the fact that the leading individual in Nebraska's athletic department goes by the name Trev. I just did, for some reason, I just can't square this up. It catches me by surprise every time. 
I mean, I'll get over it at some point, but it just it doesn't feel like that's the sort of thing that happens. Cam Taylor Britt was kind of figuring out who he was the other day. Because he, he, he said, I got a black shirt. I think it was from Trev. <laughs> so, yeah, he's still got to introduce himself to some people over there, apparently. Luke, yeah. Luke Reimer was trying to come up with the name Danny Noonan today at, at press conference, at the, at the press conference. And, Were you just uh, screaming Noonan at him? Well, it was kind of like, I don't, he was like, I don't know his name. I think it was Danny, and, and it was like, Noonan, Noonan, Noonan. And I was like, <laughs> perfect. Anyways, we've got, a, we, we've got real football to talk about, guys. Yeah, not just, let's, let's not just wrestling and Danny Noonan. Let's try to get this on track. So what, what questions got answered this fall camp? We'll start with that side of it. What do you feel like you know more about Bruns than you did maybe coming into the month? Um, I, I mean, it feels like to me, it, it feels like the excitement around the position players that they have around Adrian Martinez feels legit. I mean, I, I guess that's something that I've taken away from, from the coaching staff. Um We'll see. I mean, that's kind of where I've been at. I've been at all through fall camp is it, it just very much feels like I'm, uh, I, I'm just very much at need to see it. That, that's where I'm at. And I, I think that Nebraska will be better at the skill position around Adrian Martinez, how much better. I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but I, I think that they feel confident in what they're going to roll out there on Saturday against Illinois from the wide receiver spot. Uh, they feel like they've got some running backs that, that can put them in good spots, uh, which maybe they haven't had the last few years. So I think I, I, I take that at, uh, at their word that, that they're better there. I continue to think though, that this is going to be a defense that, that can buy this offense some time to gel and coalesce and everything else. So I guess, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I haven't wavered in my season prediction for Nebraska. And I think, you know, I think they have a chance to be a good team, but it's the same questions about, you know, whether Nebraska can kind of stay out of its own way. BC, what questions do you still have now that camp has ended and we're in a game week? I don't, I don't know for sure who the top running back's going to be when it's all said and done. And I'm not just talking about week one. I'm talking about when we're like in week seven, like who that guy really is. I like what they seem to have, but I'm like Bruns. I think Bruns hit where most people are at. My takeaway from fall camp is Nebraska inside their walls. It's, it's legit belief. Like I believe they believe, you know, like I, I think they really, I believe they believe. And I, th- I think they think they're pretty good. I think it's not just the August talk. I think they think they're going to surprise some people and prove people wrong. And I think the rest of us are like, yeah, but we have trust issues and you can understand why we have trust issues. Right. And uh, so that's where it is. It's a, it's a team that I, I think that's not just like your, what you're supposed to say on August 10th stuff that we've heard. I think they actually think they've got a pretty good football team they're better in the trenches. They're better at the skill spots. And now they have to show it. And they uh, 
I think they understand that a lot of people, even in the own fan base are like, yeah, show us multiple times before I jump totally on that train. Here's something I believe that we don't have empirical evidence on yet. I believe in that wide receiver group quite a bit. I, I think that one Samari Toure, I've enjoyed the conversations with him. He spoke in the hallway on Monday that's a guy who feels very comfortable in what his role is going to be uh, as a slot receiver at Nebraska, which is really kind of interesting because he wasn't bad at Montana. He played a different role at Montana. He was used more as a deep threat. He was able to get behind defenses a little bit here. It feels like he's facing up against defenses. He's going to be sitting in the middle of coverages. They're using him closer to the line of scrimmage in some ways. Uh, and I'm really curious how that all works out because I think Samari Toure can really help Nebraska alleviate some of the pressure of having to replace Wondell Robinson. And then I've always been high on Xavier Betts, and it seems like he had a great summer and a great fall camp, and so I want to see what he looks like. I do believe that Omar Manning will be traveling on Saturday and will be playing with his team. I don't know that he's going to have a huge effect, but he's a guy that could certainly help in the red zone. And I uh, I really like Oliver Martin. I think Oliver Martin might be the, the best wide receiver uh, on this team by the time it's all said and done. It wouldn't shock me if he led them in receptions and yards. Uh, I think he has that kind of potential. And I, I think he has big play potential too. And, and you know, you go even further beyond those guys. We've heard a lot about Wyatt Lever this fall camp, and we know they like Will Nixon. I think Elante Brown is going to be someone that later in the season we hear a little bit more from. You still have Levi Falk. And then, of course, those freshman wide receivers. So there's a heavy group of those guys that I think are going to help out. And that says nothing of the tight end position that's going to be really involved in that passing offense. So I, I strongly feel that Nebraska has corrected the wide receiver issues that have sort of plagued them each of the last two seasons. Wouldn't you love to see them early on try to take the top off the defense? Yep. I mean, even if it fails, just like, you know, set – throw one down the field 50 yards and show that you can do it. <laughs> I don't care if that ball's eight yards over somebody's head. You know, I'll be like, all right, they took a shot. Let's I, all right. I just have, have to at least respect it. Of a play action with, with one of the running backs. And then Adrian comes out of it and just unloads. And there's Oliver Martin streaking down the sidelines and you know, whether it's caught or not, I don't know, but that's just kind of, I, I think that's going to be there. I think they have some, real athletes at wide receiver and uh you know adrian who really boosted his completion percentage last year by staying a little closer to home he's gonna have to prove that he can hit some of those throws to open things up and that's going to be important but i think he's going to have easier versions of those throws to make and i think that's going to be helpful too where are you at with the wide receivers in this passing offense Bronx? yeah i mean i think this is the group that has the most potential that they've had since scott frost has been in nebraska i mean you take Stanley Morgan out of the, the conversation. Um, I'm trying to JD Spielman. I mean, beyond that, I, I don't know that there's been that many guys at the wide receiver spot in the last three, four years that you're like, okay, this is somebody that opposing defenses are really going to have to worry about. And Nebraska is going to look a lot different at wide receiver from a physical standpoint. I mean, everybody's six, two, six, three, six, four, aside from Will Nixon. And you know, that, that, that vision, I mean, is going to allow you to go down the, hopefully go down the, the uh, field a little bit more. It's hopefully going to win you more of those 50, 50 balls or, or go up and, and, and get a catch in traffic. Um, so I, I, I like the look of things. I, I, I think that Samori Torre is, is going to have a huge season. Um, 
you know, especially if he can stay healthy and if they're going to use him in the slot, that's a tough matchup, I think, for a lot of um, guys in that spot to defend. So I, I like the group. Um, you know, if Adrian Martinez can complete the, the percentage of passes that, uh, you know, he did towards the end of last season to that group, I, I think you, you can definitely win some games with that. Um, it's just a matter of if they can get down the field a little bit more with consistency because the, the last couple of years it just felt so forced. And I think that's also where you saw bad decision-making and, you know, passes being put in spots they shouldn't be. You guys, uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but these are usually buzz topics. Do you have any thoughts on Nebraska's newest captains or the black shirts that were handed out on Monday? BC? Yeah, I, I was a little surprised um, with – some of this stuff, uh, I guess Damian Daniels, who I think has had a great off season. I think anyone who frequents our site knows that we've written a lot about how he's changed his body and just like the good frame of mind he's in. So it's not a shock that he's like on the rise over there in people's eyes, but I didn't think he was going to be the fourth captain. I, I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, Stilly or somebody like that. And I, I think it's kind of cool that there was a couple, there was a curveball there, maybe a little bit. Um, and a guy's hard work, work was rewarded. He's been in this program five years. Um, I think he's done a nice job besides his body transformation, adjusting to a new group of dudes who are his brothers now. Like, and, and by that, I mean like Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers, those kind of guys we're a couple years younger than him. And he sort of came in with that, the Davis twins crowd and Deontre Thomas, and they've done a good job sort of melding together now with this new unit. And he's kind of become a leader in that, that uh, regard. So I thought that was exciting. And while we're on the D line, Deontre Thomas earning a black shirt, uh, Casey Rogers doesn't have one yet. Um, I didn't see that coming necessarily, but that tells you that, uh, you know, DeAndre is probably going to play a whole lot, um, you know, as, as a guy in the rotation. I think they're going to have six guys that they rotate uh, sort of hockey line style at times on Saturday, especially on a day where it's going to be 90-some degrees. Yeah, I, I don't know that there was anybody that was a huge surprise for me. I, I guess I was a little surprised at the the low number, I guess. I I mean, they didn't they didn't give one to that second cornerback because that sounds like that battle is still ongoing. Um, you know, I know some people were a little bit surprised by the inclusion of Caleb Tanner, but he had gotten one last year too. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's always interesting how how many they actually hand out because you know we've seen some years where the number is insanely high, some where it's just right at eleven, but. Um, I don't, I didn't really have any qualms with anybody that got one or didn't. I was the other guy that I was maybe wondering a little bit about was at the inside backer spot. I think you're going to see a pretty even workload between Henrik, uh, Reimer and Chris Kalarvik and Kalarvik didn't get one. The other two did. Uh, but I, I don't know that that necessarily is going to be indicative of a significant, uh, you know, significant reduction in playing time for Clark. I think they're going to need all three of those guys this season, but th that was maybe the only one where I was like a little surprised that he didn't get one too, but um, yeah. 
that was that, that's about as as much as I could muster for black shirts takes. You mustered quite a bit. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for mustering up there. Well, uh, let's, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to switch things up. We all got some statistics that we're going to throw out there, and we're going to figure out who is going to lead Nebraska in those categories. Uh, they will probably be normal statistics and not like very random off the wall ones, but I can't speak for my colleagues. So we'll see what they want to do. So stick around for that and more here on the Husker 24 seven podcast. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back. Promised a little stat talk. BC, you you brainchild this idea, so let's uh, let's uh, give it to you to start with. What statistic do you want to throw out there, and we will all pick which Husker we think will lead Nebraska in that particular one. Okay, top three individual leading rushers for Nebraska, and what's the number on the top guy, and who? Wow. Okay going hard to start with uh okay i'm gonna go marquis step leads nebraska in rushing with 860 yards i'm gonna put savion morrison second and i'm gonna put gabe Irvin third i don't have yardage totals for him but those are my answers okay i'll go step to lead gabe Irvin second morrison third and I think the, the leading guy will have 947 yards. Okay. I, you know, I was going to pick somebody else, but I think Step's going to lead the way, and this is why. I think Irvin and – I don't know. Irvin and Morrison, for some reason, I feel like they might cancel each other out a little bit in a good way. Like, they're going to both be useful, but I could see their numbers sort of colliding into one another. Um, so I will say step, uh, with 907 yards leads the way. And then, 
I'll go Sevian Morrison and Adrian Martinez third. I think Adrian's going to have, and Gabe will be right around where Adrian is. So it's sort of that, uh, that four, four, the four horsemen. We could call them the four horsemen. That's never been used in football before. That could be like a nickname that we give to those guys if they perform at a high level. I, I, I'll, I'll use this as my stat for my turn, but I, it, it relates to, to BC's. What, what percentage of Nebraska's rushing total do you think that Adrian Martinez accounts for this year? The percentage of the pie? Yeah. What's, what's, his, what's his piece of the workload? <sighs> what was it last year? Do you know? 65%. Uh, no, quarterbacks were 65%. Yeah. He had five, 521 net last year, which led the way. Mills had – about 400 uh, and then Wandale was at 240 McCaffrey was at 364 percentage of the pie that's hard um like okay like 30 percent Adrian that might be too high I think it is uh, I don't think that's too high I would probably bump yours a little bit and say 35 percent Adrian 65 percent everyone else uh, he's going to run the ball. I mean, until they just choose not to run him, he's going to run the ball. And he's going to have scrambles. It may not always be design runs, but they're going to use him a fair amount. I, I really do think he's going to be a large chunk of it. And I, I hope I'm wrong because I think Nebraska's better if they don't use him that way. I think it's going to be between like 550 and 600. So whatever that adds up to percentage-wise of the rushing total, that's sort of where I think he's going to fall. Because – I mean, Bruns mentioned the number, and that was in an eight, an eight game season. Um, he only played seven games, too. Yeah, and the one was barely at all. Um, so I, I do think he, uh, I, I still think on Saturday, for example, I think he's going to carry the ball like sixteen times. I do. I think he'll end up, and some of those will be where he escapes the pocket four or five times, and. Some will be on uh, third and goal from the two yard line, you know, where they maybe try that to run him. And that's an, that's been an effective play. So I understand why Nebraska wants to go to it, but I would love it. I would love it. If on third down and two and stuff like that, you see a Nebraska team that is competent and confident and handing the ball to the tailback. And here's, here's four yards, move the sticks. And as opposed to running Adrian through the wall, you know, and beating him up all season long. There's a place for it, but I wish they. I hope they can spread that out. You you would you would hope that a bigger chunk of his his rushes are the kind where you know nobody's open and he bleeds out and gets five or six yards versus snap the ball to him, read, and then running right into the teeth of the defense. I mean, yeah. I, how that picture looks is that. I mean, the thing is too is if you're trying to push the ball down the field more. Uh, maybe that frees you up to have a few more chances for him to sneak out and get some yardage that way. Um, but I, the number I kind of had in my head was kind of where you guys are at with 30 to 35, somewhere in there. But I, I do think it's still going to continue to be a good chunk of what Nebraska does on the ground. It's just a matter of whether that's designed or if it's him making a play with his feet when something breaks down. So I was oh. using BC's numbers of um, of 600 yards, which I think is a little low. I think we'll have a little more than that. But 
if, if Nebraska runs for like 2,200 yards as a team, that's like 28%. Okay. For like 2,400 yards as a team, that's 25%. So we might be a little high. Uh, but I, I think Adrian's going to have more than 600 across the total of 12 games. I also think, and this is, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of just doing a bold column where it's just all predictions. If you guys want in on that, we could probably, we could probably have some fun with it. I'm just going to throw this out there. I think Adrian plays all 12 games this year. He hasn't done it at any point in his Nebraska career. I think it would be good, certainly for the team, if he's available for all 12 of those games. That is a uh, the Mike Schaefer bold prediction that no one asked for on this podcast. You should save that for the hype cast. Mm. Those are individual games. We should add a hype cast for the season. Yeah. Yeah. It's just us yelling loudly about things that probably won't happen. It's uh, cool. it's you. Go ahead, BC. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying the one thing about Adrian Martinez and how much he runs it that I will say is it's always easy in the off season to say, well, that that number needs to come down. And I say it a lot, you know, it's like, well, they need to take some hits off them. That is much easier to say than when you're in the heat of battle and you know, you're like, who can go get me two yards right now. And uh, he's, he's a great runner. He is, as a, and, he, and I think he's going to be a better runner than we've seen the last year or two. I think he, I, I, he is leaned down. And you guys remember his first carry for a touchdown against Colorado when he made that move on the dude and he took off for like a 45-yard run. And I was like, okay, he's got more of a burst than I thought. And a little bit of that disappeared over the last couple of years. He was still a good runner, but you didn't quite see that burst. That's what these guys are talking about when they say that's back. We see that again. So let's see. I mean, we'll see if that's real, but that's that. I know what they're talking about when they, when they bring that subject up, because we saw it his first year. All right. We on to the next stat. It's your turn. I am going to move us to the defensive side of the ball. Who leads the Nebraska Cornhuskers in sacks in 2021. I'll go, uh, I'll go Garrett Nelson. I think it's, I I think the numbers are going to be really close again. I don't think that there's going to be one guy that's just going to DeMario Williams, the thing and just blow it out of the water. But I think, I think it will be Garrett Nelson. I think he's, uh, he's ready for it. I think that he will have, I'll say, six sacks this year. And I think there's going to be a couple guys that are right behind him with like four and a half or five. And, then, and I'm sure you guys are going to name people who I, I think will be right behind him. So I'll, I'll give you guys the floor. Go ahead, Schaefer. Uh, I like Garrett Nelson for this one as well, but I'm going to go with a different linebacker. Even though he's an inside guy, they used him on blitzes well last year. I think Luke Reimer will lead Nebraska in sacks. He's fast. I think you can use him in good blitzes. I, I'm actually like very excited for Eric Shenander's defense this year because I think he can do some different stuff and line some different guys up. And I, I think – they're going to be a little bit more exotic in their three, four and confuse some people. Uh, so I'll go Luke Reimer and I will say he does it at a six and a half sack clip. It's a good pick. Both of those are good picks. 
I think Reimer's a TFL leader if we get to that one. But I'll say for sacks, I'll say Ben Stilley. Um, he's done it before. He's kind of had a reduction in his, his sack total of late. But I think he's got – you know, Eric Janander, you listen closely to him at the end of last year, and I like when those guys say stuff because they're watching things – they're seeing things that we're not seeing, you know, when they watch it back. And they, they th- he thought still he was playing at a really high level at the end of last year. And uh, I maybe wasn't noticing it as much, but I'm going to say that he picks up where he left off. He's obviously wants to not only have a great season, but campaign for a pro future. I'll say six and a half sacks, Ben Stoy. My, my uh, guys behind him, and you guys did not mention, I, I think Phil Darius Payne is going to be uh-huh. – in the conversation a little bit. Stilly was the other one. I feel like there's going to be those kinds of sacks where, you know, guy gets bottled up in the pocket a little bit, bounces around and still, kind of finishes the playoff. That, that, that's how I see a lot of his sacks I, coming. I think that one of the things about Ben Stilly that I thought was most interesting is when Nebraska would move him to almost a, a nose tackle uh, or, mm-hmm. or a defensive tackle. Look, they bring Garrett Nelson down it reminded me, and, and, you know, he just recently re-signed with the Minnesota Vikings, but it reminded me of Mike Zimmer using Everson Griffin as a uh, defensive tackle against the New Orleans Saints and beating them in a playoff game, which is probably the last good highlight that Vikings fans have enjoyed. Nobody brought up Ty Robinson, and I don't think he is going to lead the way, but it's interesting in a few conversations of late from Tuioti and Chenander, basically they're – summary of his season last year is he was always there like he was in the he was putting himself in position he didn't finish though like not enough to his liking or their liking and so if Ty Robinson cleans up his plate a little bit more this year um he could he could make a run at it out out of the nowhere you know coming from he's a, he's a real breakout candidate isn't he like, yeah I think- guys like it would, would any of us be shocked if at the end of the season we're doing a recap podcast and Ty Robinson's the best defensive lineman on the team? That was the He was the subject of the train whistle I used last season, if you remember that. I don't, but it sounds wonderful. <laughs> Bring it back. We've been loading that, uh, loading that train up for a while, guys. It's ready to pull out of the station. We have a lot of weird bits that don't survive beyond the six minutes in which they get discussed, but then – Whoever remembers them can bring joy to the other people. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we need more statistics as we come back through. We're doing this one more time. One more. Yeah, one, one last time through. Is it uh, BC? Me? BC. Uh, okay, we'll, do, we'll just go simple. We'll go uh, re- receiving yards. How about the top two? Like, who's the top two in receiving yards? And it, what's the top end number? I am going to go with one Oliver Martin for 912 yards to lead Nebraska and then Samari Toure right behind him at 777 yards. Hmm. Those are my answers. I'm all in on Oliver Martin. All in. I think that's a good place to be. I think, I think he's going to have a good season um, based on very small sample size last year when he was basically had no idea about Nebraska's offense. I will go with, I think Toure is going to lead Nebraska. I think he's going to get, I'll say 850, 853, just to account for him leaning forward and getting a couple more yards uh, at the end of a play. 
I think win he's the West lead Championship. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think second, I will go with Xavier Betts. Oh. With nice. Oliver Martin closely behind him. So um, that, that's my my thought. I think I think they're going to spread it around a little, quite a bit to to the wide receivers. I don't think there's going to be a. It's not a Stanley Morgan situation. That'd be great if Betts was second, um, just because I think he's got so much talent. And if if you know, and you know, a local kid doing well, I don't know if that matters to local recruiting or not, but it can't hurt. You know, if a Bellevue West guy is is lighting it up suddenly in the fall. I'll say uh, Toure leads the way, just over 900, 906 yards. Uh, your bets pick kind of is, has me thinking that. I'm going to say Oliver Martin, number two. But I thought it was interesting. Wyatt Lever the other day was giving some sort of factoids about the receiver during camp, and they were interesting. And he said bets has been running past people all camp. And uh, take it for what it is, but I just I don't know that of all the things he said that jumped jumped out to me. And and you hear Matt Lubick say there's some days when Xavier Betts looks like the best receiver on the roster, no doubt. Not all the time, but some days. So if that starts to happen more consistently, you could be right, Bruns. I I think he is Nebraska's best big play threat at wide receiver, and that's I mean talking yardage. Mm-hmm. That's why I think he's going to be up there a little bit because I think, you know, you, you hit a couple deep ones during the course of a season that makes that number look a little bit different. I think Oliver Martin's probably going to, if, if you're talking catches, I think yeah. probably Teray and I think Oliver Martin are going to be right there one, two. Um, but I, I think that's when you're talking about a guy that can, can get vertical or can, can make that kind of jet sweep motion work. I, I think it's him. And if they can figure out plays that feature him that he's comfortable with, I think that's where you're going to see that big step taken. All right. We need another statistic. Yes. Yeah. Let me, let me see what we got here. Brunch, uh, stat. I, I guess this is, this is kind of a uh, different, we'll go special teams on this one. Who do you, who do you guys think leads Nebraska in kickoff return yardage? A tough question because I don't know who is even really in the mix to return. Um, and they were pretty bad at it last year. That, that's, maybe, that's maybe a bad question. I'll, I'll shift it a little bit. Um, how many games this season do you guys think Nebraska wins the field position battle? Five. I'd like to say more, but they are a little turnover prone. I don't know that it precludes them from winning games if they lose the turnover or the field position battle. We've seen them do it in the past, but I think they're at least close to half the time. I like this defense. I mean, I, I'm optimistic about this team. I think they have a higher upside than where the six and six and seven and five predictions come in at, Um, but they still have enough bugaboos in them that I'm not fully committed to it. So I'm going to go five. Yeah, I would say half. I mean, six games. And the reason I I think it'll climb a little bit from the pass is because of the defense. I think they should get more three and outs. Uh, there should be situations where the other team's punting from their deep in their own end. And, and 
Um, those are the moments I really want to see this team capitalize on. It feels like if, if I were to summarize Nebraska football sometimes in this field position discussion, there'd been moments even where they've, they've pinned a team deep and there's a chance for the defense to get a three and out, make the other team punt from their own end zone. And it just doesn't seem to happen. I feel like this defense uh, with, I'm bullish on them, and so I'm going to ride with them and say they're going to get that done more this year, and that's going to help that cause. Yeah, I think I think probably splitting the season is right. I mean, it, to me, that that question is much more about whether or not Nebraska can figure out the the kicking issues, and it comes down to coverage and also on kickoffs and punts, the guys back there making the decisions have to make better decisions like that that to me has been one of the biggest things that they've struggled with is it it always just looks like such a circus when you're trying to field a kick and no one to go or not i i when you asked if there's anything that i feel differently about you know at the end of fall camp than i did at the start of fall camp i think the big one is i I legitimately believe that Nebraska has emphasized special teams more than they have at any point during Scott Frost's tenure at Nebraska. Will that translate? We'll see. I think some of it's personnel based, but you know, I, I, I do think that they're going to be better in that group. So I, I would say half, cause I, I don't, I, I was just looking at the numbers. I don't know that Nebraska won the field position battle anywhere close to that last year or the year before that. No, I mean, they, they definitely didn't. Um, they didn't. They've been very bad at that for several seasons now. Okay. Uh, I don't have anything more to add on special teams or the field position. Anybody else? Or do we want to jump to our final stat here? Or does BC have one left? I thought he gave two. I gave two. I've, I've filled mine up. All right. Uh, let's just go with the, the very simple. We don't want to make it too hard. I thought about going with who has the most – uh, plays on offense over 40 yards this season, but that felt like that'd be relatively difficult. So we're, we're going to move off of that and we'll just go up an easy one. Who leads Nebraska in touchdown receptions in 2021? Nebraska, I think it's only thrown like a total of 12 touchdowns in the last, uh, what, two seasons. It's some pathetically bad number. So it's not going to be as high, or it, it hasn't been as high as you would think. Uh, but with this wide receiver core, you would assume that it's going to get better. I'll say Austin Allen, and I think he only has one touchdown. <laughs> but Minnesota last year, that was the one. Yeah, we have a picture of him jumping in the air, and he's like so like happy and stunned probably at the same time. Um, but, I mean, he should be a guy that you utilize a lot in the red zone. And I know that Sean Becton is, has been heavily involved with Matt Lubick and sort of diagnosing what they can do better down there. And they've looked at a lot of film of what teams do. And I think there's going to be an emphasis on getting those big tight ends, a chance to box people out in the end zone. And I think there's going to be some of those like pop pass type plays too, where, you know, you fake it to your back and you, you know, you hit Allen on a 14 yard touchdown across the middle. I could see one of those plays Saturday. And uh, also if he keeps his feet better, he might've had another couple the last year. And, and Becton's talked about that too. He's had some opportunities where he's just lost his feet. And if he can stay on his feet a little bit more, um, that number goes up. 
It's an interesting question because are, are we assuming that the, the touch, the bulk of the touchdowns are coming from outside the red zone or in the red zone? And I, I guess I, I would probably lean more towards like a Samori Torre, I guess, leading them in touchdown catches versus Austin Allen. Just like, cause I, I get the sense that Nebraska, especially if they've, if they dedicate themselves to the running game and they feel like they can run the ball, I feel like they're just going to put their heads down and just try and bully their way into the end zone. Um, if they get in the red zone. So I, I'm going to go with Torre to lead them in, uh, in touchdowns, some short ones, but I, I think he's going to be the guy. I am uh I don't know where to go with this one. I I think that Allen and Toure make a lot of sense. I want to believe that they will find ways to get the ball to to Travis Vokalek when he's healthy and Austin Allen because of their size. Same with Toure and and Xavier Betts and and guys of that nature. Even Omar Manning, I think that's where he could be helpful. Um, I think the safest, easiest, cheapest answer, even though he only has career touchdown of one. I do think Austin Allen can have uh, a nice year in the red zone. I, I think he could be a good weapon. And I think if Marquis step is as good inside the, the red zone as, as what people claim, you have a lot of play action potential to tight ends there. So give me Austin Allen. Big year yeah. for six foot nine, Austin Allen. All right. Sounds like, uh, sounds like Bronze is an Austin Allen hater from his answer though. <laughs> hey, don't, don't turn this on me. <laughs> Just because yeah, Jack, I, Sto- just because Jack Stoll's gone, don't don't pin this on me. I, I have a bit of a hunch, and notice how well Jack Stoll played when he got away from BC out there in Philly. You know, he's just turning it on. But uh, I have a hunch that Brunson's going to turn around and use Austin Allen in the hype cast now that BC said that. Yeah, I need to, I, I I need to defend Austin Allen's honor from this slander. Yeah. Well, tight end slander, what this show does best. Also, just, just to wrap up and go back, I, I found how many times Nebraska won the starting field position battle last season. Would you like to know? Seven you out any, of eight. <laughs> you have any, you have, any, have any guesses for how many times they won it? Two out of eight. They won it two times. Penn, Penn State and Purdue. Mm. They actually, the worst day for uh, – Average starting field position was the Rutgers game, so make of that what you will. And their special teams was good against Penn State. They had good directional kicking that day, and Purdue didn't. They blocked a punt right off the bat, too. Yep. Yeah. Two of their wins. There you go. Shocking, shocking correlation. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. The Hypecast will be back on Friday. Kevin Suits from Ten Eleven will be joining us. We'll be diving into some thoughts on Nebraska and Illinois. As always, plenty of coverage at Husker 24-7. I am uh, ramping up some high school coverage a little bit. Uh, Going to throw out some stuff from in-state players here in Nebraska, as well as it's the start of high school players playing pretty much throughout the country. So most of Nebraska's uh, guys will be in action as well. And, of course, with the game rolling up, we've got plenty of coverage leading up to that. Another media availability here on Tuesday today, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of stuff coming out of that as well. All right, let's uh, let's close this thing out, and we'll talk to everybody with the Hypecast. See you then. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.